Why Easter Matters to the Pro-Life Movement. The Love Times 2 podcast starts now. Welcome to 139, the official podcast of Love Times 2. Here is your host, Mike Victor. Hey, welcome back to the Love Times 2 podcast. I'm really glad that you're joining us today again uh, because we're going to talk about what I believe is the most important holiday on the calendar, not just for the United States, but really for the entire world. But before we dive into that discussion, I just want to toss out a reminder that Love Times 2 is making a free ebook available. It's called Life Saving Leadership totally free, as in free, and you can download it today uh, straight from the Love Times 2 website. Just go to lovex2.org slash ebook. This book is written for leaders, but it really applies to everyone. So don't think that you have to have a certain title, for example, in order to qualify to download this book. You don't, uh, because I would make the argument that everybody's a leader in uh, one fashion or the other. So if you're interested in this book, um, just know that uh, it's absolutely free. Uh, it's called Life-Saving Leader. And we'd love uh, for you to have that. So the only qualifier is that you have to take just about a minute to visit the website, download it, and you're all done. Now, also, if you're hosting a pro-life event this spring or fall, whether it's a right-to-life dinner, a pregnancy resource center fundraiser, or something like an in-home fundraising reception or, or anything like that at all, then you've probably already figured out how expensive it can be to hire a great speaker. It costs a lot of money sometimes. If this is where you're at right now and you're looking for for a great speaker who can help you raise more money for your ministry, uh, send me an email at podcast at lovetimes2.org. All you need to do is tell me what kind of event it is, what you hope to accomplish, and what your preferred dates are. And then I can give you some ideas on some great speakers that I think can do a great job for you. And this is just part of our expanding resources as, that we want to provide through Love Times 2 to help like-minded ministries get stronger. So if you need a speaker for a fundraising event, Send me an email, podcast at lovetimes2.org. can connect you with some options that I think you'll find very interesting. Now, our mission is to love every mom and every baby, no matter what. And if we can help you do that by providing a quality speaker for your event, we, we definitely want to be all about that. So, back to the discussion of the most important holiday and why it matters. It matters to, uh, the, to the deepest degree possible. Why it matters to the pro-life movement. It's not Thanksgiving. It's not the 4th of July. It's not even Christmas. And all of those holidays and more should have special significance for us. But of all the holidays and the events that are on our calendar, I believe there's none that's more important than Easter Sunday. And, and here's why. Let me just tell you why. The pro-life movement's entire reason for existing is to promote and protect the value of human life because, and underscore that, because we believe every human life is created in the image of God. We just don't pull that out of thin air. We actually know this is truth because we can read this in Psalm 139, verses 13 to 16, which is found in the Old Testament. Here's what it says. For you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed substance, and in your book were written, every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when as yet there was none of them. 
If you've never read that before, you may just be amazed at that. And if you have read it before, I hope it's a great reminder for you. And again, that's Psalm 139. You'll find it in the Old Testament, verses 13 uh, to 16. Check it out for yourself and read it. The verbiage may be a little bit different depending on what version that you're using, but the context uh, is the exact same on that. Now, there are other verses that I could point to, but in my estimation, this is the most beautiful and clear description of just how valuable human life is. This is really what separates humanity from the rest of creation. I mean, every baby in the womb bears the fingerprints of God. And that's just mind-blowing to me, and I hope it is to you as well. If you've listened to this podcast before, you know that I have stressed many times that this fact, this very fact that every life, every human life is made in God's image, is the core. It's at the absolute core for why we work to love every mom and every baby, no matter what. It's not just that the unborn baby has value, but every mom has value, just as every single person uh, who has ever lived has value. This is an intrinsic God-given value. And if it were not, let me just put it out there. If human life were simply highly evolved amoeba that's fighting to survive in a, in a dog-eat-dog world, then the best that we could probably hope for is to appeal to, you know, some charitable nature just for the good of society. Uh, and that would be the basis for, you know, why we would work to protect unborn kids if there were not an intrinsic God-given value. So, for example, I could then place the protection of plants, animals, insects on the same playing field. And don't get me wrong, there is absolutely a place for protection of God's creation, although I'm not quite there on the insect part. But as stewards of what God has created, we should be concerned about preventing cruelty to animals or concerned about just wanton destruction of, of, of beautiful places. When, when I think about uh, the mountains and the oceans and the grasslands, as far as you can see, I want to see those places protected. I hope you do too. I mean, they have their place, but I don't worship them. We shouldn't worship you know, the, the mountains and the rivers and, and the grasslands and so forth, but we should protect them as good stewards. But my point is, protecting human life is at a higher level. It's at a higher level, and it's all there by itself because every human life is created in God's image. That's what separates human life from the rest of creation. Now, no doubt, I get it, not everyone agrees. Just as I pointed to Psalm 139 and told you how you know God knits together each of us in our mother's womb, Critics and cynics, they'll look at that and say, hey, that's that's merely uh, ancient Jewish poetry and just laugh at it. You know, it's like, hey, that's an ancient attempt to try and explain the mystery of fetal development. You know, that may be you. I'm not throwing stones here. I'm just acknowledging that this in this podcast, we have a broad range of listeners on all sides of the spectrum. And you may be, you know, you may hear Psalm 139, just laugh at it. I mean, I can only encourage you to dive in with an open mind to research the uniqueness and the inspiration of Scripture and to ask God so that could see uh, what He is revealing. And God is not afraid of your doubt. I guarantee you, God is not afraid of your doubt. So give it to Him and conduct your own search. And just a footnote here, if you're someone who has serious doubt about the whole Christian thing in general, I challenge you to check out this uh, 27, 2017 film. It's called The Case for Christ. Uh, it's very well done. I think you'll find it entertaining, but more importantly, I think you'll find it you know thought-provoking. So give it a watch. I mean, whether you're a believer in Christ or not, give it a watch. Uh, it may just turn your world upside down. I'll warn you up front. But it's a 2017 film. It's called The Case 
Now, let me ask you just to think about this. When we're talking about the uniqueness of humanity, it's reasonable to wonder about the common concern that man has for man when tragedy strikes in different places in our world as a sign of God-given compassion for others. I call it a common compassion, and it just seems to me that it reveals something deep and mysterious that's really unique to mankind. Tragedy happens, and people tend uh, to sort of pull together in those times, regardless of what your uh, religious, spiritual, non-spiritual background is, whatever you want to say, uh, when tragedy happens, people tend to kind of pull together. Not always, but I mean, you know, it, it seems that we see that more often than not. But I get it. Critics will point to Auschwitz and Dachau and say, uh, you know, man is an animal and there's no compassion. But then I've got to ask, what is it deep inside of us that makes us recoil at the names Auschwitz and Dachau? I mean, what is it that brings a basic universal horror to most people uh, when we even invoke the memory of places like that? Now, we could even talk about Orthodox teachings in the Christian church uh, on the sanctity of life. Critics of the church will look at that, laugh about it, say, hey, that's superstitious. It's based, uh, it's biased against other beliefs, or it's flat out lies. I mean, we hear all that. And uh, sadly, critics can even point to churches wearing a Christian label that deny the value of life in the womb, a position that can only be viewed as traditionally unorthodox in the light of church history. That's a whole other subject that, you know, we, we should talk about on another day. Um, but again, to the point, when we talk about God being the creator of life, we can point to an empty tomb. This is where it all circles back down, uh, back around to Easter. When we talk about God being the creator of life, we can point to the empty tomb, the same empty tomb that we celebrate on Easter Sunday. It's the ultimate validation that the God of the universe is who he says he is. Only a God powerful enough to create life is powerful enough to rise from the dead. So when we read the audacious claim in Psalm 139 that he knits us together in our mother's womb, we should naturally ask, you know, by what authority can that claim be made? And that's a great question. And I would say it's by the authority of the same God who has all power over life and death. Now, let's be really clear. If the tomb were not empty, if the body of Jesus had been produced and the whole cross had been proven to be no more than the Roman execution of someone who was a liar or a lunatic, then every claim in Scripture, including Psalm 139, would strictly melt to the ground. It would be nuclear. So if the body of Jesus were some someplace in a museum right now that you could go visit, uh, you could point to that and uh, you could look at me and say, hey, um, there is your Savior right there. He's dead. Uh, but the tomb is empty. The tomb is empty. And as the Apostle Paul wrote, if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is worthless. And so is your faith. That is uh, as open and honest and transparent uh, a statement that you're ever going to find in any faith belief system in the world. Paul wasn't playing games when he wrote that. He just flat out said, if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is worthless. And so is your faith. But here's the point. The tomb is empty. He's risen and his truth is still truth today. And that's exactly why Easter matters to the pro-life movement. So let's never view Easter as just like this three-day weekend that, that places all of our programs and efforts on hold, that we have to take a break so that we have to go through this three-day weekend and it's just an extra day off or whatever. It is actually a central event in all of human history. It is. It is the central event in all of human history. And we must point to that event as the proof that each of us bears the fingerprints of God. How can we not protect so precious a gift when we're made in God's image? 
hey, let me wrap up this discussion with this. Just to be right up front with you, it's my faith that compels me to speak on behalf of the unborn. And it's my faith that is grounded in nothing less than the fact that Christ paid for my sins on the cross and then affirmed his power to do so. He validated it by rising from the dead. It's a free gift to everyone who will believe, no matter what you've done, or where you've been. If you want to learn more, I encourage you to visit a website. It's called needhim.org. Go to needhim.org today, and you're going to find out a lot more information, and you're going to find out that grace is waiting for you, whoever you are, wherever you're from. And then I'm going to close by this. I really try not to wear my faith on my sleeve in like a really shallow way. I've known people who've done that. It turns me off. So um, that's not what I try to do. Uh, but I firmly believe, and there needs to be discretion and how faith is injected into discussions like this discussions here on the abortion debate. Um, I've seen too many people, unfortunately, in, in my course of, of my walk in life, uh, who have used faith as a weapon. And let me just say, that's that's not the Jesus I know. Jesus doesn't use faith as a weapon. But I'm also convinced that the pro-life movement does itself a great disservice. It really does when it fights what is primarily a spiritual battle on purely political or tactical grounds. That is a long-term losing strategy. We need to trust in the God who has all power over life and death. He holds it all in his hands. Hey, that's it for this episode. I really hope that you've enjoyed this discussion and that regardless of where you're coming from right now, uh, that this is prompting you to think, all things through. And I hope that as we approach uh, Easter 2020, that it's a celebration uh, that you fully enjoy and understand the depth and understand that it is the central uh, point of all of human history and how significant that moment was. Um, Why is our mission to love every mom and every baby, no matter what? Because every mom and every baby is made in the image of God. Never forget, change the culture and the politics will follow. This has been 139, the official podcast of Love Times 2. Join us in the journey at lovetimes2.org. That's love, the letter X, and the number 2, dot O-R-G. Thanks for listening.